Citizen Batsiris is generously sponsored by the Saka family in memory of Joseph Saka, whose 50th year site is this year. This evening's particular snippet, sponsored by my dear friend Ben, Dina, Jacob, Gabriel, Lily, Max, and Ariel Isaacs, the 32nd year site of their grandfather and great grandfather, Baruch Ben, Ben Yaakov Halevi. We are in the second paragraph of Shema. V'yitzarecha. I left you as a cliffhanger the last time, asking, why does it say Venasati Mitar Artsachem? This uh, second paragraph is dealing with Kabbalah Sol Mitzvos. This is the reward. A person who submits and surrenders to Hashem, a person who is devoted to the service of Hashem, a person who is prepared to meet the expectations, a life of Torah and Mitzvos, a life of Halacha, embracing the blueprint and the formula for how to live the Torah's expectations of us. Torah offers us promise. The rain will fall in its time. We'll deal with in the next few nights. Fundamental question. What happened to Schar Mitzvah Baha'i Amaleka? What happened to the fact that we're not supposed to reap reward in this world? All of a sudden, the Torah is trying to incentivize. Torah is trying to motivate. And empirically, do we see it's true? The most righteous among us do not necessarily see it rain. Rain, I don't mean on their field or garden. I mean in their bank account and portfolio. There are impoverished people who are extraordinarily righteous. And there are people who are very wealthy, for whom it rains tremendously, it floods, but are very unrighteous. So since when should the Torah promise reward? And we don't see it happen commensurate to the way, the level of righteousness. But we're not up to that yet. Much more basically, much more basic. Why does it say, V'nasati mitar artsechem? God says you're obedient, you're observant, you've embraced my values, my life. You're good, you're kind, you're sensitive. Then I will make it rain, not just an ordinary rain. It should say, V'nasati mitar be'artzachem. I will make it rain in your land or on your land. But it doesn't say that. This is where we left off. It says, I will make it rain. What type of rain? Mitar artzachem. The rain of your land. What is the difference between rain on or in your land or rain of your land? What land are we talking about? So in order to answer, you have to go back one Pasuk. Vahaya we know well, appears in the end of Sefer Dvarim. The Pasuk right before Vahaya im Shamoa, the Pasuk right before the second paragraph of Shema, says the following. Eretz asher Hashem lokecha doresho sa, tamid enei Hashem lokecha bo, mereshis hashana v'yad acharishana. Describing the land of Israel, Eretz Yisrael, this is no ordinary land. This is not Uganda. This is not Europe, it's not America, Australia, South Africa. This is no ordinary land. This land may seem physical, but on the other hand, this is a metaphysical land, a metaphysical land. It says, Shamaim Shamaim Lashem Adam, Ibn Ezra, I believe, says that Shamaim Shamaim Lashem, the heavens are God's, the earth and the, he- the earth God gave to man, with the exception of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael has the status of heaven here on earth. It is a heaven here on earth. And such, God is always watching over it. Tomid, always, consistently and constantly, his eyes are upon this land. What does that mean? Says Rashi, Liros in order to see what the land needs. This is no ordinary land. It doesn't operate by the ordinary rules of nature. This is a not a physical land, it is a metaphysical land. It's not a natural land, it is a supernatural land. Nothing happens randomly, coincidentally. Nothing is a function of the natural order, or the natural climate, change or the same. It's not part of the normal, ordinary rules of the world. 
And therefore, that's what it means. Venasati mitar artsechem. Hashem is always watching over the land. The land of Egypt is different. Egypt is nourished. Egypt is hydrated from the Nile. And the Nile is consistently there. So man doesn't need to wait for God. Man doesn't need to submit or daven or defer to Hashem because man lives off the Nile, which is why Paro thought he was a god. The Nile is the god they bowed to. Paro, who controlled the Nile, thought he was a god because he was in control of the Nile. The Nile irrigated the land of Egypt. Egypt, the image of Egypt, the symbol of Egypt, the idea of Egypt is to distance from Hashem, to not need Hashem. I'm independent. I got it covered. Take care of myself. Thanks, God, but no thanks. I don't need you. The land of Israel is exactly the opposite. I desperately need you, and I'm aware of you, and I feel your presence. The weather every day is a reflection, God, of how you feel about us. When it rains, and when things can grow, and when the, uh, the, the water source is full, Hashem, we feel your love. And when there's a drought, and when it's depleted, and when we're in trouble, Hashem, we realize we have to turn to you with tshuva. That's why the Torah in three places says, you're not allowed to go back to Egypt. You're not allowed to live in Mitzrayim, which is a halachic dilemma. How is it the Radvaz, Ravavadya Yosef, the Rambam, great Rishonim, Achronim, all lived in Egypt, seemingly in violation of this biblical prohibition that is repeated no less than three times. And there's halachic literature on it. We won't spend a long time, which is any Shabbos Agadol could be described as a long time. We won't spend a long time in a Shabbos Agadol drasha about it. But perhaps the idea I ended that drasha with is not just geographically you can't go back to Egypt, you can't go back to the mindset of Egypt, the attitude of Egypt. When Avram and Lot go their separate ways, and Avram says to Lot, right, left, where do you want to go? Lot looked down towards Egypt. Lot was drawn to a place, I could be independent, I'm on my own. Thanks God, I don't really need you. I don't have to work for you because I could take care of myself. Avram was drawn to the land of Israel, a place, God, I want you watching and looking carefully and closely. I feel connected to you, dependent on you. I feel your love and affection each and every day. So that's the meaning. Before I was preparing these snippets, I never noticed these words. I've been saying them for a long time. The color of my beard will attest to it. I've been saying it for a long time. Why isn't it metar be'artzachem? It's metar artzachem because we're not asking for any ordinary rain. We're not even asking for rain outside the land of Israel. The ultimate existence, our dream, our hope, our aspiration is a Jewish people with the Torah in our land and a place where every day you are keenly aware of the relationship with Hashem. The weather, the weather tells you where you're holding. No mystery, you don't know guesswork. You don't have to wonder, how does Hashem feel about me today? Just look at the weather. Mitar, not ordinary mitar, but mitar artzachem. We'll pick up tomorrow night with the Malbim who wonders what's the difference between Geshem and Matar. We have two words for rain. Geshem is rain. Matar usually means dew, atal is dew. What is Matar? Why does the Torah here in Shema use the word Matar rather than Geshem? And one other teaser, why does the second Pasuk shift? We began with Lashon Rabbim, plural. Then we go to Lashon Yachid, the Asafta Diganecha. Then we go back to plural. Why aren't we grammatically consistent? What's going on over here? We'll pick up with.